Welcome to Unleashed with Eva, where we unleash spiritual principles for victorious living. Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Eva. I am so glad to be back with you today. Um, I've been out of the studio a little bit, but today um, I have a special guest with me, Judge Sheree Grant. And just want to remind you that this broadcast is sponsored by the Firm Foundation Church and also in part by Amy Smith, who is a Mary Kay consultant. Um, if you hear anything today that you would like to dialogue about or if you've heard something on a previous broadcast, uh, if you want someone to pray with you, you can reach us at the church at 205. 500-1398-205-500-1398. So Judge Grant, how are you today? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you were able to join us. Um, I first met Judge Grant, I think it's been about two years ago, at a yes. picnic at Patton Park. That's right. And at that time, she was campaigning and for the seat that she currently holds. And I've just kind of stayed connected to her. I've um, been in places where she has been on panels in the community, discussing community issues. And I've kind of just watched her career progress and then I also interview her for my podcast, Communal Expressions, which basically is around communal community issues. We came to this place in our conversations. We kept coming back to God. And I then had picked up that she was a believer as well as just heard some things about how she maintains her connection to God and how that flows over into all of her life and all of her different roles that she plays as a wife, a mother, a judge, a community leader. And so I wanted you all to hear from her today. So, Sheree, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Wow. Well, first, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I am one of the district court judges here in Jefferson County. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. um, I'm a servant of God. I uh, preside over the district court civil cases where the claims that are in dispute, if it's $10,000 and under. So a lot of people think of it as small claims court. So it's a little bit like I have a little feel of a Judge Mathis, Judge Judy type feel. And I also handle any personal injury cases where the amounts may be $10,000 and under. Um, I've been a wife for married to my husband, Daryl Grant, for it'll be 15 years coming up in October. I have two children, a nine and a five year old. And I am a community leader. I grew up here in Birmingham. I grew up in the Inslee area, actually, and I graduated from Ramsey, went to Alabama State for undergrad and LSU for law school. Awesome. Now, most of you, if you haven't connected the name, um, she's one of the twin judges, if that helps you make a connection. But she's also an individual, and that's why I have her here. You know, by herself to hear to hear from her. And, you know, every time I hear her and her sister introduce themselves, you hear a lot of similarities. But then when you start talking to them, you realize, hey, these are individuals. So let me talk to them one on one. And so I hope at some point in the future that we'll have a sister here to tell her story as well. Um, So can you describe for me what you see as being the highlights of your career and ultimately how you saw the hand of God as those things began to play out? Okay, so before I took the, I've been on the bench for about two years now, and before I took the bench, I uh, had a very diverse career. I was a prosecutor in Atlanta. I spent about eight and a half, nine years of my career in Atlanta, and I will say 
One of the highlights, clearly uh, taking the bench has been a highlight of my career. But before that, when I felt like I was really in the trenches, was being an advocate for women uh, for domestic violence and sexual assault. So that was a really big highlight in Georgia, where I was a prosecutor, where I handled stranger-on-stranger rapes, any domestic violence cases where I was a... um, a voice for those who could not be a voice for themselves. And honestly, after having gone through, uh, my mom was a battered spouse. And so for me, it was very personal to me um, to see that the children in those in those situations, to see that those kids were being taken care of and that they didn't have to deal with the fallout from such horrible things and witnessing such horrible things. And, you know, throughout my career, And throughout my life, God has certainly had his hand because things could have gone terribly different. You know, my sister and I, we saw a lot growing up uh, with domestic violence in the household. But I think God allowed me to turn that into something positive uh, to go out and help other women who were doing who who were doing those same things. Um, And I was able to help those women, even when they didn't want to prosecute cases, even when they didn't want to be um, a strong person. They didn't think they had it in them, but because I had seen it with my mother. And so for me, that was one of the highlights of my career. And I saw how God used something uh, that was so bad in my life as a child that I saw for a number of years, how he saw me to turn that into something positive. Wow. That is, that is, that is awesome. That is awesome. So you talked earlier, you know, about being a wife, a mother, a community leader, an elected, you know, you're in a judge seat, you're a sister, a friend, um, all of those different roles and being in a position that I know keeps you busy. Every judge that I talk to, (laughs) they are busy. And just that you made time to be here uh, with me on this particular show really means a lot but the question I, I, I'd like to ask those of us who are just really busy and, and have a lot of expectations of a lot of people and a lot of things that are a priority for us, right? Mm-hmm. How do you maintain that connection to God? Wow. Well, maintaining the connection to God, honestly, is an absolute for all the wonderful things that God has done. Because sometimes I wake up and think that I really am living a fantasy. So I Maintain that connection. Uh, The first thing that I do every morning, I read Jesus Calling. I read, Mm. and then I also read this book about um, God being a mother. Those are two things that I try to read because I have to make sure that I'm giving God the first in the morning so that in and sometimes it's right on point if I wake up a little anxious about the day of head I'll hear something that says relax I have it under control so I maintain um I think I maintain it by certainly giving God first in the morning one of the things that my mom used to do with my twin sister and me is we always had a morning prayer every morning in the car and so now with my children, it's just funny. I didn't even realize. But so now we have a morning prayer every morning. We pray for the friends oh, that wow. God brings, you know, the appropriate and the right friends in their lives, that they're making good decisions, that the blood is just played over their lives with wow. all the things that are happening in school. And so I really try to make sure that God gets the absolute first. And I will tell you, 
I can tell if I did not wake up and if I didn't read something or if I didn't pull out the Jesus Calling book, something just doesn't seem right in the morning. And another thing that I do that's always, always important, I think the role of a judge is so important, and I think we have a tremendous amount of power, and you have to make sure that you stay humble and that you understand that even though you're a judge, you are truly a servant. You are a servant for the people. So before I open the door to go out on the bench every morning, I say one more time, I say, God, please help me to make those decisions that are pleasing to you and help me to do the right thing. Because sometimes it's not always easy to do the right thing when there are so many different lawyers and people are doing, uh, saying certain things in court and other people are not being represented. I'm like, God, help me to make that those decisions that are pleasing to you and do the right thing. Because I know that he put me there for a reason mm. in that court. It's not a criminal court. It's a civil court. But still things are happening where people's lives are changed. People are losing their houses. People are uh, being sued. Their wages are being garnished. And then those people are not able to afford the lifestyle that they thought they had. Mm. And so it's important for me to make sure that I give God the first cent every morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. So centering yourself before you go out to that day and Absolutely. allowing the inner to inform the outer Absolutely. and the things that you express throughout the day. And it's easy, you know, to get off target and then you look up like wait a minute yeah I pray today did did I center myself today and and even if you have it's still sometimes you can get pulled in a direction and you just have to snap back that's right but once you know what it feels like to be centered it's easy to dictate or to under uh, or understand when you have come off balance so I really I really appreciate that um now you're currently in a in a judge seat you're you're um have a seat in in which you know you guys have been in articles around the country, around the world. Um, these nine black women that took judge seats, you know, just kind of took us by storm yeah. uh, last year. And so that's the seat that you're in. That's the title that you hold, the office that you hold. Do you see any connection to that in God's ultimate call on your life? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, if we, if we had enough time, I will just tell you what <laughs> this judgeship has represented just so much more than being a judge to me. It is, there are three things I typically pray about because I know I've had issues. I pray for contentment, commitment, and confidence in myself. Those are the three C's that I pray about. And the contentment is being content wherever God has me because I've, you know, there have been times I felt like I could be wrought with ambition trying to rush this. I have to get this by a certain time. I have to move my career in this direction. I have to do this. But God has shown me that everything works in his timing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there were years when I thought, oh, I should have done this before. I should have done that. But God, everything has been by perfect, his perfect design. Um, when I first decided that I was going to run, I had a a very diverse career, having been a prosecutor, having been a defense attorney where I handled um, criminal and civil cases. And then I left that and became a deputy chief public defender where I helped those people that could not afford a lawyer. And um, I said, God, I know there is something more that you have for me. And I will never forget, I was thinking about running for another seat because people told me that the seat that I have now, that was not the seat for me. It was for someone else. And God said, and I prayed about it, and God said plainly to me, 
this is the seat for you. You need to do what I tell you to do, and it will all come together. It was one Sunday morning when I got up. You need to. You don't need to listen to what other people. Just trust me. Wow. And so this this whole thing, you know, there were people that were in the race with me. Certain people started to drop out because God said, if I tell you to do something, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Does not mean that weapons won't be formed, but right. they actually, they won't prosper. Right. So when certain people started to drop out of the race and then the judge retired a year early, I said, oh my gosh, the governor is going to appoint someone. And so when the governor decided that he was going to appoint someone, I got really down because I said, I don't know anybody in the governor's office. I'll never get the appointment. And my sister said, we don't know anybody in the governor's office, but we know God. And we know that he has his hand over our life. And so I started uh, figuring out what did I need to do to get the appointment. There And people told me who were friends, they said, the governor is never going to appoint a woman. He's certainly not going to appoint a black woman. He's not going to appoint a black woman. That's a Democrat. Mm. Um, and so when I went to the interview, I felt the presence of God in there. God was speaking through me. All of the things that I had done in my career, the, he prepared me for that moment. And so when the governor's office called me back and said, you have the appointment, It was a testimony to how good God is and how when you wait on his timing and when you do those things in line, like God prepared me for being a trial lawyer, for representing those that couldn't represent themselves, the indigent community, for creating uh, programs for teens in the community. Like all of those things led up to me having the role that I have now and for me to be able to be in this position when there are people who represent themselves and that are about to lose their houses to mm. make sure that their rights are not being trampled That's over right. by other lawyers That's to right. put them on the same level with other lawyers. And I know for a fact, I am there in that court for that reason. Wow. Wow. I love what you said. Um, there's a text uh, in Proverbs where it says the King's heart is in the hands of God and Absolutely. God turns it whatever way he he chooses to turn it. And so sometimes when we're, we are dealing with authority, um, people will shy away. But when God is involved, you'll see people do things that not even their closest advisor would have advised them to do. So I applaud you guys for, um, you know, number one, for listening to the voice of God and then being courageous Wow, and seeking things that people, other people who have sometimes really good intentions, will tell you to shy away from, but when you know God is telling you to do something, you really have no choice but to do, do it. Absolutely. No matter the outcome. Yeah, and, and trust me, <laughs> I've tried to do certain things that I thought were my plans mm-hmm. and they were not in God's plans. And it had has been a waste of time in my life, but I've learned that it's God's plan That's and right. not my plan. That's right. Now, you're 36? 40. 40? Oh, 40. my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. You're 40. You're the 30-year-old Sheree. Wow. Let's look back at her. What would you have, what would you say to her? Wow, the 30. Well, when I was 30, a lot was taking place in my life at 30. I was at a a place where I just didn't know if everything was coming together. And I think... The 30-year-old, I would have told the 30-year-old to relax a little bit and to enjoy things and not um, attempt to make things happen. Mm. Um, You know, 
God says, you know, I think it's in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, plans uh, for you to prosper, to give you hope and future. I think I would have tried to tell her, read that verse over and over um, and not try to stress over the small things in life and not think that everything was important. So, you know, I have been praying for the three C's for a long time. Give me those It was contentment, commitment, and confidence in myself. And I would have told the 30-year-old me, you have it in you. You're confident. Um, You just need to bring it out. Those were, and and I probably would have started praying a a whole lot sooner about things. But I think in my 30s, I I was, I was on a roll. I needed to get this done by a certain time. I needed to get that done. And I would have told her to relax. God has it all under control. Wow. Yeah. 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 I could. Am I hitting 30 mark? Yeah, I was there. I was there too. And it, it's easy because society, the church, whatever you want to say, kind of dictate these things a woman should start having Absolutely. together around 30 and maybe about 35. And then it kind of seems like for my friends and my sister that I've seen here 40, you can kind of tell you're kind of in grace mode. Absolutely. Like, like this is <laughs> this is the best time of my life. And if I could have told myself at 30, like, that's really a great time of your life. Like, relax. But this is the best time. I've taken some of the pressure off of myself. I've enjoyed the small things yes. in life. You know, I think I was chasing other things, thinking that they were so much more important in my 30s. Wow. Now, okay, so let's go to the 20-year-old. Uh-huh. You, where were you, you know, mindset-wise, and what would you say to her? Oh, the 20-year-old. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I, would told the, I was in college. I would have told the 20-year-old to dump that boyfriend. <laughs> that was not the right man. <laughs> that, and thank God that didn't work out. Uh, but I definitely would have told her that. And I also, I think I would have told her um, to be more confident. I think I was shy about things. I had things in me. There was there were things that I wanted to do, but I just didn't know if I was good enough. Mm. I, di- I didn't know if I was good enough. And I and I also I think I would have told that twenty year old um, the some some of the guys that I were dating. I women have tuition, and mm-hmm. we don't always pay attention to the t- yeah. intuition well, that we, we have. <laughs> and we have intuition, and I knew certain things about certain relationships. And thank God that God was able to take certain things away from me because when we don't know ourselves that this is not good, God was able to take certain relationships away from me. But I probably would have done it a whole lot sooner, the 20-year-old. Right. So that confidence, you're kind of going back to that confidence. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Because I think, you know, society puts on us what we're supposed to be doing, how skinny we're supposed to be. You know, if if you're supposed to wear this type of makeup, how long your hair is supposed to be, you know, and I've, I, there are just certain things that I was more consumed about and which showed a lack of confidence That's in right. myself that by the time I hit 40, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time on things that didn't matter. Right, right, yeah. right. And, and as you grow, you know, we always talk about this self-awareness and knowing who we are in Christ, Absolutely. our true identity. As we grow, some situations help us realize what's our true identity and what we stand for and what why we're so valuable absolutely you couldn't have said it better I completely agree with that yeah so you know what's next for you oh gosh so you know being a mom there are so many things that I want to do and I have to tell myself to sort of 
relax a little bit. Everything will come in its time. Um, first of all, I have to make sure that I am a good mother because I had my our dad died when we were young, and so we um, we were left with our mom, who was a wonderful mother, mm-hmm. and trying to be a single parent and get things done. And I really, I'm so fortunate and blessed because of who my mom was to me. And so I want to make sure that I am doing the same thing for my kids. So Mm -hmm. what's next for me is making sure that I am being the absolute best mother and wife that I can be to my family. Because Mm -hmm. if I do all of these other things and then my children don't get the love that they received at home, the precious gift that God has blessed me with those kids, then honestly, everything I've done is not so so I want to make sure that I am a wonderful mom a wonderful wife to my husband also some other things in the future that I'd love to do I started a leadership academy program for um, youth for youth in the community the 10th around 10th graders and I absolutely enjoyed that program when I say it was like the highlight one of the other highlights of my career so I think what's next is I'm trying to get that program started when I left the public defender's office um, I ran it the first year I was on the bench and then there was some changes in the public defender's office Mm -hmm. and there were changes with um, how they felt about community outreach and so that program got put to the side so one of the things that I want to do is bring that program back I also one of these days when things slow down, when my kids aren't doing soccer and baseball, I want to um, write a book. I sat down. I used to spend most Fridays talking to this um, convicted murderer who spent a number of years in prison for murder. Mm -hmm. And I learned so many things. I learned about forgiveness Mm. and God brought this person into my life, I think, to just teach me about just true forgiveness and redemption. So I want Mm. to write about the conversations and then also talk about how this person went to prison, was convicted for murder, and how my life was. And we weren't that far off Mm -hmm. as far as some of the things that happened when we were growing up. I mean, he's a much older gentleman, but I want to bring that into how he shaped my life on learning about, you know, teaching me about forgiveness and redemption because... When my mom was abused, I honestly um, had hate in my heart Mm -hmm. for the person that abused her. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just, you know, a punch or a slap, which is a big deal. It was there were broken bones and surgeries and things that happened to my mom. And I had hate in my heart for this person for a long time. But I learned from talking with uh, the gentleman every Friday about how people can change and how you forgive people and forgiveness is not necessarily for them, but you forgive them for yourself to release it for yourself. And so when I forgave the person that did those horrible things to my mom, it was like, I remember the day that I forgave, forgave him. I was pregnant with my son. Uh, My son is five now. So it's been probably about six, Mm -hmm. probably about five and a half, six years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like a ton of bricks was lifted off of yes. me. So what's next for me? I need to write this book so yeah. I can just talk about how having a conversation with someone who spent all of these years in prison for murder and all the, you know, this horrible thing that this person did, how he shaped and changed mm. my life. So that those are some of the things that I'd love to do and continue. Wow. Um, I'd love to continue serving uh, in the position that I'm serving in. A lot of people say, do you ever think about maybe going to circuit court or Supreme Court, blah, blah, blah? Well, I am 
after praying so long for contentment, I am content in the role that God has me in. Mm-hmm. Being a district court judge, it truly is the people's court and truly is serving people. Like I told my sister not too long ago, she's the drug court judge. And mm-hmm. sure, she could move on to circuit court and do other things. I said, but who is going to be there for that person when they have had, uh, when they've had a relapse? That's right. Because you understand that. It's not a one-size-fits-all for drug court. Like, who's going to be there? So I feel like, for me, um, I want to continue serving in the role because who's going to be there for me? Who's going to be there for these people Mm -hmm. when they are in front of a judge and they don't know what's going on? They have a lawyer that's using all kinds of legal jargon, and they don't know what's going on. Like, who's going to be there for them? Who's going to tell them, relax, we'll handle this? Or there are other services that can help you. And so those are some of the things that I'd like to continue doing. That's awesome. I heard you say something about, you know, the importance and priority of home, being that good wife and being that good mother, um, because it really does start at home. So we have about a minute left. I want to ask you, who is God to you? Oh, oh, God is so many things. But the ultimate thing I would say, God is love. God is pure love to me. Um, God shows up in us each and every day. I try to teach this to my children. You know, my daughter started a Bible study because she wanted her friends to learn about God in a fun way. And she wanted to go to some other kids' Bible studies. But during, honestly, during the Trump era, I think some of the things that people were teaching about God was not in line with what I thought was about God. And Mm -hmm. I want my kids to grow up knowing that God is love. There's no respect a person. Mm -hmm. And so for me, God is in children and God is absolutely pure joy and love. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We pray you have a great um, afternoon and a great evening. You can find out more about the Firm Foundation at thefirmfoundationchurch.com. You can reach us via phone at 205-500-1398. And I believe that we will have Judge Owens back and Judge Owen, I'm speaking it, (laughs) and Judge Grant back so that you all can get to know them a little bit better. May God bless you and may God keep you until we talk next week right here on Heaven 610 WAGG. You've been listening to Unleashed with Eva. Join us for worship tomorrow at the Firm Foundation Church, 131 41st Street South in Avondale at 11 o'clock a.m.